Hi guys, welcome back to TGO Podcast. If you're a new listener, um, welcome to TGO Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Mr. President. <laughs> I like that. Yeah? Mr. I like President. that. <laughs> Hakeem. What's How are you? I'm alive. Long time. Real long time, you disappeared. But you know, it's me. Like, come on. No, I'm, you, the you. thing is, I'm here, but. Where's here? Like, as in, I'm always around. Nah, and what's funny is that you're literally two minutes from me. Exactly. Two minutes. I ain't seen you in how many years? You know, but it's a it's a strange world. It's like things are like that. It's like you'd be so close to someone, and I last saw you when we went Paris. No. I've not seen you since then. No, no. Paris, Paris was 2015. No, that wasn't 2015. Paris was 20. 15? 14? No, it wasn't 14. Paris was 2015, you're right. Exactly. Okay, now I've seen you since then. But where? Well, I just, exactly, I just can't remember where. Maybe in passing. Nah, man, I'm sticking to that. I ain't seen you since is, Paris. This is what social media does to you. You see someone on social media. Social media, you think you, think yeah, you yeah, see yeah, them regularly. Yeah. Person. But so. I'm thinking, in, in physically, I haven't seen you since Paris. I can't think of a time I would have seen. Actually, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I feel like I have. I feel like it's social media. But anyway, I, feel, I, I also feel like I've seen you, but I, at the same time, my mind is telling me it's social media. Maybe not, yeah. Well, I'm everywhere on but, social media. You like to keep quiet on social no, I don't media. No, ke- I don't keep quiet. I'm just like, you know, in the trenches, waiting to come out. <laughs> I'm away out now. Locked away in this concrete village. Hey, the village is the <laughs> best thing. <laughs> I'm protected in the village, but anyway, I'm really happy that you came to join me. No, I had to. As soon as I saw that you're doing this, that's yeah. what, that's why I reached out. I was like, listen, you need to get me on. I mean, I was so happy. With, I've, I've been wanting to ask you to come, but it's like, wait, I need to like build up a few episodes, then like ask and then you. to get me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of those like, hmm, what's happening over there? Nah, but, I, I saw it and I was like, okay. Kept an eye on it. Yeah. Listened to a few episodes and I was oh, like, sweet. I like this. Yeah. So then I reached out. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. From when I, from when I started following you, I was waiting for you to invite me. No way. But you didn't. So I was like, okay, since she ain't gonna invite me, <laughs> let me you're take gonna invite it. yourself. I'm gonna invite myself. <laughs> no, yeah. but um, I'm really happy. No, that I like you it. did. it's a good look. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank me, you. For me, this is this is my life. Like right here where I am behind the mic is yeah. where I love to be. Yeah. So any anytime I see anyone, especially from within the community, doing this, yeah. I just get so happy. Oh, I get so happy. So, oh, and that makes man, me feel so happy. I don't know. Wait, 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 to be honest, I don't even know if I should ask. No, I mean, go, go for it. I was gonna ask the name. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's let's talk up. Let's talk about the name. The name. Um, it took. So I have a list of like almost fifty names. Okay, uh-huh. we did like a spider diagram. Everything. Like right. I've been working on this for a while. Like right. for it to come out, it's not something that happened overnight. Obviously, you should know this. Uh, of course. But with the names, we wanted something catchy, something that would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. <laughs> okay. So what was it. you? What, what what state of mind was you in when you chose that particular so that name? That particular. I know it sounds very some someone who has a dirty mind. I think you have a dirty <laughs> mind. <laughs> Immediately you're thinking, well, what are you guys doing over there? No, because it's, it's it's a very creative name. It's a play on words. Yeah. Do you get it? Mm. And it's one of those ones that actually speaks to the messed up mindsets of society that's how you have to pull Is them that, in yeah that good oral yeah I, but you literally mean conversation it, it but is, then, that's what it is 
people, not me, uh-huh. but other people with dirty minds, yeah. are thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, man, I like it, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Nah, thank you. Thank and I like you. the fact that you went straight to Spotify as well. A lot of, of mis- course, a lot of people to. making mistakes where they're not even jumping on that, and they wait. They think that they need to wait to build up, then yeah. go into Spotify. Yeah. But Gan the straight away. That was a good look. Of course, like it. It honestly, uh, it doesn't cost that much, and also mm. you have to invest mm. a little bit in order to gain to something. Yeah, so of course. I was happy to do that. When you asked me, yeah, topics, I was like, man, I don't know. I just want to come. <laughs> you just want to you know what? I was I, just happy for you to just mm. come and just have a general conversation yeah. like it doesn't have to be about anything do you know what it is though I think what drew what drew me to this is because a lot of the work that I've been doing over the last few years has been in front of a camera mm. that mm. I can't think of the last time I was having a conversation that wasn't in front of a camera that's what I wanted to stay away from so that kind of drew me in mm. I think the last time it's been about Three years, mm. I think around about 2017, when I was literally having a conversation yeah. that didn't involve a camera in my face. So when I saw this, I, I just got excited. I literally started picturing <laughs> this, radio, everything, and, and yeah, you can yeah. tell by the way I'm dressed. Yeah. Definitely not dressed for <laughs> not the camera. camera. I, was, yeah, I was literally, yeah. I was just happy, man. No, seriously, I feel, I feel like with cameras, it throws people off, and also like you watch what you're saying, whereas when you're sitting back, relaxed, you mm-hmm. know, no one's watching. And also, of course, I can edit anything you don't want me yeah, to. So I just feel like, what? He wants to come? Yes, yeah. please. Let's I'm like, you not responding. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%. Let's do this, man. No, that's, this is really amazing. I mean, obviously, I know you, but like the listeners don't know you. Maybe you want to introduce yourself, tell them about yourself. Also, I want to know where the president comes from. Why are you naming yourself the president? Do you know what? That's probably the single most asked question I get but um who is who who am I um Hakim mm. who's Hakim um do you want my CV or do you just want please whatever you want me. us to have I'm I, I don't even know how I'll describe myself I'm just a young man that's really passionate about social issues mm. that's kind of way it all kicked off so um I was trained by the BBC World Service yeah. was with them for about four years mm. and um, was working on radio as a citizen journalist. What radio? Um, BBC World Service. Okay. So um, mainly there was, a, there was a program called Outlook that would, that would be on a lot. Yeah. But it would also make um, small documentaries um, about a number of different issues. So for me, um, the, the, the main, the, the big one was 2011 with the election, with, sorry, with the riots. Yeah. So that was the big thing that we did at the time. But before that, it was also the build up to the Olympics, mm. how um, this borough was kind of the expectations that we had off of what's going to, what the Olympics were bringing to Newham. Okay. And then, so we, and we, we covered that for um, the two years leading up to it. Yeah. And then the year after we did a, we, we, we followed so up a year after. To see kind of what um what had happened so so a lot done a lot um knife crime poverty mm. um that's that was always my main thing um so radio was a big thing for me but then slowly I started getting into public speaking as well mm. and then um I just got into um youth actors um activism yeah where I was working with a number of organisations um to try and prevent youth youth violence as well 
um, that led me traveling a lot, found myself in places like Greece, in places like Hungary, mm. in, in the United States. Still talking um, to the youth. Yeah, young people and yeah. different organizations and politicians. Um, I've started working with, um, what do you call it, uh, members of parliament, yeah. the minister for London. So I was doing a lot and then it kind of all came together um, when I started working for this borough. Um, I started have. working with um, yeah. the mayor of Newham and it was just all of that was just how can I put it it was just a showcase of the fact that this is what my passion has always been mm. working to try and better the community but yeah. at the same time it's not just working in the background but speaking about it as well yeah so hence then the the, the radio um, shows that I'd done from real talk with um, on TGM I think that was a big thing for me yeah um, really loved it ran for a few Does years. Is that still on? TGM is still there, yeah. um, but um, real talk, um, we left TGM um, a couple of years back, but that mm -hmm. was a big thing. You know, it led to us, uh, you know, interviewing people like Bobby Wine, um, Arias Loquago, mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. And it was like, it was a big thing for me. And then obviously, T um, started running another show, but it's all just been that. And now um, I set up um, the 256 podcast as well. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of just a platform where I felt there's something missing within the UK scene yeah. and, um, because when you look at um, the UK at this moment in time with the black community yeah. more than anything it's taken form there's this black British culture that's kind of taken form at this moment okay, yeah. um, at, but it's heavily influenced by West African and Caribbean cultures do you get it mm -hmm. and I feel like that's having an effect even on our uh, communities as well yeah. as people from East Africa and I felt what's missing is our voices our cultures our input because whether totally we like understand. it or not yeah this 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 thing is going to take take take, um, take, take shape yeah, yeah. and years from now we're gonna have we're gonna be in a similar situation to the United States where you're gonna have black kids yeah. in the UK who cannot associate with a with any African or Caribbean country That's where true. they trace their lineage it's here and it's mixed it's different where they will be black british and that yeah. culture's taken form but again as i said it's very influenced it's massively influenced by west african and caribbean cultures and what i want more than anything mm -hmm. is to have that say where we're here too yeah do you understand as as ugandans as mm. as east africans we're here too we're part of this story we need to be part of this thing that's taking shape do you feel like what's happening we're kind of forgotten or like you don't feel like we're part of the movement. I don't think we're forgotten. I just think we're not seen. Are we not loud enough? We're definitely not. Okay. We're loud within ourselves. Okay, I think, I think, our I think one thing I know about exactly one thing, Ugandans are very patriotic. We love being Ugandans. Mm. But that love stays within. We don't project that outwards. Do you get it? Yeah. And almost everything we do is geared and directed towards our own. Whereas mm -hmm. when you look at West African cultures or Caribbean cultures, they're projecting their culture outwards. Whereas mm -hmm. for us, we're projecting it within. Yeah. You feel me? Mm. And that's what needs to change. And that's kind of what the 256 podcast is about. Mm. It's about setting up a stage where we get to project our thoughts, our identities, our experiences, yeah. our way of life to the wider British society to say, yeah, we're part of this this. This, this this bubble known as Britain today, yeah. modern day Britain, do you understand? But these are our experiences. Yeah. This is what it's like having a Ugandan mother. Yeah. You know, being born in the UK, 
by a Ugandan mother and having to go to um, you know a school that's predominantly black or predominantly Asian or do you get what I'm trying mm. to say? So those experiences, those conversations, that 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 black British experience has to involve our experience as well. Yeah. And I felt like it's not so. That's where we at right now. No, I, I feel like I, I I totally agree with you because when it comes to like different cultures, how I feel, it's like what other people are mainly seeing mm. how. The, when they say an African, they're just thinking Western African. Mm. It's, it's just how, what what's being portrayed. So I think you're right. Someone just learning how it is to have an East African mother, for instance, how they treat you is different from how like a West African mother would treat their mm. child. Mm. So I think that will definitely be but great. Also, also to project a sense of pride as well. Mm. I think one thing I noticed growing up was. A sense of shame when it came to being a Ugandan. Really? Big time. I was very fortunate, and if you if if you um see um some of the shows we've put out for the podcast and other um programs we've had a lot of Why would you feel a lot ashamed? of the people a lot of the people actually speak about that. And mm. in fact, they they I'm sitting on about twenty shows mm. that I haven't released. Right? That I filmed but I haven't released. And in it, you get a lot of young girls. And and boys as well talking about their experiences growing up Ugandan and how they were they had this sense of shame how they felt mm-hmm. Ugandan was, being Ugandan wasn't cool or um, I'd say maybe being African in general no then the, then. then so for this Though new generation we evolved as much as, as much yeah. yeah and they felt it wasn't it wasn't cool and there was a, there was a negative stigma that was associated with being Ugandan and there's a lot of Ugandans who wouldn't call themselves Ugandan, they'll happily say I'm this or I'm that or, and I, I saw I've this I've met in a school. lot of Ugandans that used to say I'm Bayesian. Yeah, I'm Jamaican, I'm this. I'm this. Yeah. And it was like, going up, you know, I went to school here in Canningtown as well. And, you know, I was fortunate to grow up with a lot of Ugandans, mm. especially growing up in Forest Gate, going, going to school in Canningtown, going to school with a lot of Ugandans. We would see it, certain Ugandans would come and they wouldn't want to speak Luganda or yeah. they wouldn't want to associate with us. So I think what I wanted to do more than anything, as much as just project our culture, mm. but also to kind of set a platform yeah. for for the <clears throat> next generation coming up, where they can, where they're proud of what we're doing. If that yeah. makes any sense, yeah. they, 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 to give them a sense of pride, because the conversations I've had, especially the ones I'm sitting on, a lot of them are really sad when you hear the insecurities that a lot of young Ugandans have and for me I never understood it because mm. I grew up with this huge sense of pride within myself where no. me and you met yeah. was my uncle's club you exactly. know Ugandan yeah. environment Forest Everyone's Gate having a, having a great time that was and... me do you get it and but I kind of realised that because of that environment that I grew up in I was privileged yeah I think a lot of people don't have that exactly so they they tend to feel a bit lost so I mean I can totally relate to the stories that probably some of the people you've mm. heard from like I when I was younger I didn't grow up like in an area where there was like loads of East Africans you grew up like, in bricks there's <laughs> <laughs> like loads of Jamaicans and yeah. I can tell like you I, the thing is I can't hide that I'm African mm. first thing is my last name will just mm. from, who am I gonna my tell Loi. so mm. what was what's my last name <laughs> but yeah it would just people would just know I'm definitely mm. not from so I, you tend to feel a bit You're lost or you feel outside yeah. of, you know, the circle. You don't fit in. But 
you're black like you're black like me i just didn't understand that mm. it's like why is it so hard for those people to relate to me like we're both black what's the problem do you get what i mean it's crazy you say that i gave a speech in 2016 2016 mm. i gave a speech at the university of east london and yeah. it was around cultural identity and my mm. experience and if I can find the transcripts for the speech, I'll send it to you. And I spoke about how living in Stratford, for example, okay. when I lived in Stratford, there was this weird thing where at the time in the 90s, Stratford, especially the, the block that we lived on, it was 50-50, black and white, mm. right? But the vast majority of black kids on that block were from, were from the Caribbean. Yeah. And there was this strange thing where it was like, they they were just as hostile mm. towards us as African kids as the white kids on the block. Mm. And there was this weird thing where it was... That's really sad. It, I, I can't explain it, but it was like, there was this... We, we were, we, we, we'd get bullied by everyone. Do you get it? Mm. And it led to us as Africans having to stick together. Do you mm. understand? And, yeah. and, and identifying with each other more. But that's kind of then within that as that grew suddenly it was what part of africa you're from that made you cool so if you weren't nigerian or whatnot so suddenly yeah. the rest of us from the smaller countries were kind of left behind but so when you say that growing up in a uh, in a caribbean environment you then you you very quickly feel that okay we're black yeah there's something different, different about yeah. us Did you get it mm. and I, I had that sense but it wasn't until i moved to forest gate that I felt home because mm. I, I, I was then in, a, in an environment that's Where just you get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, what you said, I completely understand. I completely understand that. But man, Brixton would have been different. Trust me. Trust me. That's like being in Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. But you know what? I wouldn't change it for anything because I learned a lot. Mm. And then it made me like myself more. Mm. I was just like, okay, if you don't want me, it's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, mm. I can find my people. And from that, I was always open to going to different areas in London. Mm. And I'm oh my God, you're from, oh, I know this place. I've been to that place. And then you find different it. people. If I tried to fit in, I probably wouldn't have been as open to meeting other people, mm. even people from my country or people from different countries. Because have you noticed when you meet someone from your own country, you're like, oh, you're from the same country. It's like instant bond for no reason. Instantly. For no reason. Instantly. I really don't get that. You start, so where are you from? What areas have you been? Like, what? what? There's, this, there's, there's a way you just connect as soon as you realise someone's from your country. Mm. What I don't like are those people who try to, the second they realise you're from Uganda, mm. they want to hide because they don't want to associate with you. So there's, there's, I, I've, I, I've seen that a lot. And but I don't get where does that come from? Like, why... Oh man! Why would you not be proud of oh, like where you're from and what makes you? I've I, I, I've done a whole talk on my theory as to why that is, and it's a very complex thing. It's it's how can I even put it? It's a sense of inferiority mixed with a sense of superiority. Mm-hmm. Very complex in terms of. It's a sense of you looking down on your own culture mm. and then feeling as though you've kind of made it. So really? feeling as though you're now above that which you left. There's a lot of that, especially with a lot of kids 
who come from Africa when they're mm. older. Do you get it? Yeah. In um, and we we used to see it all the time, which is a huge clash because when you grow up here. Mm. You kind of want to connect with your home more than anything, mm. but then when we used to see a lot of kids who um, came over when they were older, they wanted to do the complete diff- opposite. They wanted to kind of almost strip their Africanness away. Do you mm. get it? So there's a lot of people who have this sense where they're like, "I moved on from that, or I'm mm. better than. I don't want to associate myself with, with Ugandans anymore." So it's a sense of inferiority with superiority because. The inferiority comes from how they look down on their own culture. Do you get it? Because they think it's inferior to, you know, the rest of society. And then, but then they start think, feeling as though they're now superior because of where they are, because of their customs. And mm. see it so much where people who you know can speak the native tongue choose not to. People who mm. associate, and we, we see this in Ugandan politics today where someone's level of English yeah. is is almost like a measuring stick as to how intelligent oh or prosperous God. that they you know or, or how amazing of a politician that, that they so are yeah, you yeah. get it and so once we start to see these things back home mm. or just how western they yeah they, they act or you know the kind of music they listen to or how they're going to dress or the more in tune they, they they seem to be with the western world the the higher up within society back home they, they're seen mm. so once you understand that you understand why when a lot of our people come over here mm. especially at old age they they've seen the struggle mm. do you get it mm. so now they're here they literally feel like they've made it and they try to strip themselves of everything that they are and that's one thing that frustrates the life out of me and but, that's almost why the podcast is there i guess you know what the podcast is here and you i'm sure you're working on something okay but i wanted to mention something how you you touched on something like your level of english so i actually used to have that as well so i used to think anyone that can speak english to a certain level is smart mm. immediately i'm just thinking when i hear someone's like well-spoken people i'm just like mm. oh you must be intelligent mm. then when you start having a conversation with that particular person you're like whoa Jesus, that's you don't know anything in life. <laughs> like you have no experience with life. Like you, you don't know anything. Did you hear their opinions on stuff? Mm. It really like it, like it broke my heart. That's it's a I'd go as far as calling it a poison. Mm. It's a legit poison back home, where. But a lot of people have that. Yeah, especially big back home. time, big time, and it's like for me, it frustrates me so much, and I've spoken about this, where it's like. I'm there and I can understand some people maybe assuming I can't speak them at the time. Mm. So they'll want to speak to me in English to try and make me feel comfortable. I can mm. understand that. Mm. But for people who know I can speak it and for people who I approach like, I'll come up to someone and I'll be like, hey, you're gone, yeah. and they'll be like, oh, nothing, I'm all right. Yeah. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. So there's people back home who do it to almost impress you and there's this it frustrates me because you see it amongst celebrities you see Mm. it amongst influencers you see it amongst politicians more than anything Mm. the level of english you speak you know kind of determines where in society you stand and it's it's a serious poison because being able to speak english does not determine your level of intelligence Mm. that's something that people need to understand some of the like some of the most intelligent people I've spoken to, I've met in my travels. Yeah. yeah. 
I've travelled. Some of the most intelligent people I've ever met can't speak a word. They barely speak like, 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 speaking. I'm having to speak to them through translators or people who I'll speak to in 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 and you know native, in, in, yeah, in Uganda, in Uganda yeah. or whatnot. And it's like when you see the wisdom and the intelligence they have, but then back back home, it's like if someone, or for example, here yeah. we, there was this thing growing up where if someone came and they couldn't speak English properly, they were yeah. bullied or they were. Do, do you get what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah. And I feel like that needs to. You know what? We need that to actually happened to me that. when I first came to this country. So I got here and took me to class. They're like, oh yeah, she just came to the country. We should take her to set five, not knowing I was the top of my class before I came here. So I'm in set five, killing it. I don't even want to leave because I'm killing it. So I know <laughs> everything. <bro. laughs> and then so the teacher goes mm. and speaks to the head of the year. It's like, I think she's in the wrong, literally on the same day. I think she's in the wrong. Because I was thinking, what? This, the syllabus here is mm. like, mm. what? Ridiculous. Yeah. These kids like adults and what? They're getting taught like primary school stuff. Mm. But I was just like, anyway, never mind. And then literally the next week I, I was told, oh, you can go sit one. Because they assumed... Because I'm not from this country, I must be, you know, I should you're go not, to sit do you, know, do you know what's crazy? I've met kids, like when you, when you, so I, I spent some time back home, and you look at some kids and the things they study, mm. it's like, wow. The level the, of intelligence, the, the academically, forget, forget just in terms of just life, academically, yeah, yeah. they're sharp. And mm. for me, I remember I started getting frustrated with, with my nephews back home because obviously what they don't understand is the way I speak isn't Queen's English. Yeah. I'm from East London. They don't know I that. speak, they don't know that. Yeah. So I'm speaking and they're trying to correct me. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, <laughs> no one speaks like that. Do you understand? Do you know who speaks like that? The Queen. Did you Mate, get some it? of the words the I've never even heard of. The kind of English they have when you're speaking, they're trying to correct you and they're trying to do that used to frustrate me, but they they they've got this joy in being able to speak English and that frustrates the life out of me. There's nothing wrong with speaking English. But do you I did love you go to school in Uganda? No. So I had the privilege of going to school in Uganda. Okay. Mm. So I, I kinda get where that can come from. So if anyone that went to school, say in some parts of Africa, you used to be beaten. I heard. If you of course, speak it. of yeah. course. Like, listen to the point where you get used to those beats. Yeah, tough. You tough it out. You take the, the it. The tougher you were, the popular you were. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, they used to teach English, and English was like really held in a high regard. Mm. If you can speak English, um, they used to give um, penalties. So if you got caught speaking your native language, can you imagine? If you get caught speaking your native language, like by, uh, what are they called, monitors or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you get punishment. So you get smacked in, in front of the assembly or something at the end on Friday. Literally, there's punishments for n- if you get caught speaking your native language. You are forced to speak. So in- literally, English was always held in higher regard. But do you know what's crazy? Call me rebellious. Yeah. That would make me, if, if I grew up in that environment, that would probably make me hate the English language. Do you get it? You'd be I surprised. Get, I get that because, not that I, not that I agree with it, but mm. I understand where that comes from. It comes from, it's, a, it's part of the legacy of colonialism. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Do you get it? The, it? Even one of the conversations that they're having in the build-up to the Ugandan election at this moment in time is changing the, um, the, the education system and the curriculum because it's still... A remnant of um, our colonial past. Yeah. 
so there is that sense of how can I put it that that that, that, that sense that still trickles down to the despite years of independence mm. we're still living in the past we still have those mental shackles that tell mm. us that English is superior mm. hence why they need you and I'm just here I'm thinking to myself here's a country Uganda mm. In the in the heart of East East Africa, mm-hmm. part of the EAC, who's who's one of our national languages, Swahili. Yeah. Yet you're prioritizing English, mm. and I don't understand the vo- and they keep saying it's for business, and I'm like, the vast majority of Ugandans would only ever interact with their East African what? Literally, um, why partners. not teach Swahili? It, it it's a much more lucrative language for Ugandans to own because we're part of the EAC. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's Teach actually quite English, widely spoken in Africa. English is very important. Yeah. English is in terms of international trade. Do you mm. get it? But you have to have an approach when you're running a country, especially with the education system in terms of when you're looking at um, your external approach in terms of international outlook, mm. but also your internal approach as well. Mm. What does it do to the psyche of Ugandans to have their own language as their national language. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It gives you a sense of pride, a sense of um, you become more patriotic to your nation. I genuinely do believe that. But I also do feel what it also does is that it doesn't make someone feel inferior mm-hmm. for not being able to speak someone else's language. Because ain't that crazy? Can you imagine if we judged, if we here, yeah. did you get it? And we were judged, our level of intelligence was, was, was just based off of how well we can speak Chinese. Not even Chinese, how well we can speak English in general. Like, that's, that's, that's insane. Like, I, and this is what we're doing. An African country, like, we're, we're judging our own people based off of how they can speak I mean, English. Even, I think even here, like, we still judge people. So if someone comes around and they have, like, a really thick accent, immediately just thinking, yeah, they probably don't know that much. But ain't that? But ain't that's that? That's not the truth. But ain't? But that's wrong. It's wrong. That's 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 ignorance at its finest. Do you get it? It and is. And again, I don't want to make it seem like because I'm speaking English. I love like, I'm I'm not uh, against the notion of speaking English. Yeah. I'm against of I'm I'm against the notion that speaking English or how well you can speak English determines yeah. your level of intelligence mm. because that's what we're getting in Africa at this moment in time you're, mm. you, the, the class you're at you're mm. seen as you know better mm. do you get it yeah. and that I'm against I'm completely against that and we used to see that a lot here in school growing up and I really really want to change the narrative and you asked me about where the name the president comes yeah. from I'll be very honest I genuinely have dreams and aspirations of being um, a politician in Uganda. And I want the highest office. A hundred million well, percent. I, you know, so you, the only way to speak in existence. Like, there's, so. there's no doubt about that. There's no hesitation. I gen, like, and funny enough, I was speaking to my partner and I was telling her that right now, mm. I'm, I'm about to enter the third floor, right? Mm. I'm about to clock 30 and... I'm spending my entire thirties mm. building the foundation I need to mm. be able to kickstart my political career yeah. in Uganda. Anything I need to do. So I've got, I've already got the list. I know what it would take mm. for me to, if I wanted to be mayor, what are the criteria that I need to be hit? Mayor. If yeah. I wanted to be a, a member of parliament, 
if I wanted the highest office, what do I need to have? And there's a lot of things, obviously, a um, certain level of education, you need to have land, you need mm. to live here, you need to do this, this. Trust me, my 30s, mm-hmm. preparing myself. Are you planning on going back home? And- 100%. 100%. Like, and I just want to... You see, a lot of times people say they want to change. It's, I don't, it's not about change for mm. me, it's about bettering. Mm. Do you get it? Because mm. sometimes you can change something for the worse. That's true. I'm not trying to change, yes. I'm trying to better my country. Mm. Do you get it? I, and, and for me, it's not just about, it's not about me, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, I was sense. actually going to ask you why change. It's not about me, it's about others. Mm. It's about the country as a whole. For me, my mindset is, and I think I've had a lot of people turn around and say, you speak about Uganda a lot, you speak, for me, Uganda above, ev- well, God above everything. Yeah. But it's putting God aside, which you can never do, but mm. outside, of, outside of my faith, Uganda above everything mm. like above everything and i feel like it's it's just the path i'm walking maybe that's how politicians are born it's just like because like you i don't I, I i like how you think about this obviously you're ranking god and then your country things mm. you're really passionate about mm. and someone else might not see that's not what someone else thinks about because most people are just out lack of a better word selfish mm. Maybe if they put God first mm. and then themselves mm. and then other people, Family and it, they don't really care about their country. Hence why most yes. people don't even care about politics or voting or don't even care about yeah. what's going on yeah. until someone asks, oh, what's happening? You see Gaddafi? Yeah, yeah. Gaddafi set out on a mission when he, be, when he first took over Libya. Yeah. And it was to house every single Libyan, right? Mm. And he I didn't said even know that. he will... Ha- before he houses his parents mm. to show how serious he was he has to make sure every single libyan is housed so mm. and he stuck to that word so much so that his father died before he was able to to to, to what to build his to father house. Yeah. a house that level of dedication to your country is what i have like i wow. uh, people hear that story and they're like how could you do that but for me i get that I get that simply because I think a lot of people don't understand that when you're in a position of power, it's not for you. It's a sacrifice. Exactly. Mm. People are going to look at it and think, oh, you know, the people serve the president. No, the the president serves the people. Mm. When you're in a position of power, you belong to the people, meaning every decision that you make is about bettering the lives of others. Yeah, for the people, yeah. Do you get it? Do not run for public office mm. yeah if you're not willing to give your entire life for that and i don't care whether you're a councillor mm. i don't care whether you're just a member of parliament i don't care whether you're just whatever position it is if you decide to give your life to public service yeah you're giving your life to it do you get it yeah it's not about it's like when you when, when you hear things like the billions i think it was like 11 billion that was take stolen mm-hmm. from um uganda's education board and you're like how how, how does the ministry does that lose that much money how does that happen how that's insane that's that's but that's because it's people corruption. who aren't patri- who, who don't put their country before themselves do you get it mm. it has to be country first and then you you feel mm. me so your decision has to be if you're if you're in that position and you're set with this money and you're writing the budget these people are literally sat there thinking what they can gain from that budget before 
what's right for the country. You know what? That kind of comes back to what we're talking about, English mm. and those that don't speak English. Mm. So what happens, you get these people, my opinion, you get these people in parliament that can speak minimal English, like, you know, to get them somewhere. Okay. And then you have these people that vote for them mm-hmm. that don't speak English. Yeah. And when it comes to these big organizations donating money to the country, they give it to people that say speak English because those are the people that are regarded as they're smart enough to run the country they're smart enough to handle the mm. issues that we have and that money gets lost gets, gets lost within that circle mm. and to these people we're just told oh don't worry you know do some digging plant something eat from that not knowing how much how rich the country is and how better their lives can be 100 it's just it's the gap is ridiculous and mm. i just don't see how say for instance these people started from the bottom and you get to this place and you can't help the person that helped you even sacrifice or yeah. like, like mm. so you had, they had like a plantation of like um bananas to pay for your school fees to go to school and then you become like a big member of parliament and you take their money mm. i think I, I just can't comprehend that i think again I'm going to put blame on the president. Mm. You know, good thing we're not in Uganda, you can't have your <laughs> podcast shut down. But I'm going to put blame I am on, scared of him. I want to put blame on the president because he's used poverty as a weapon. Mm. And when you have that kind of environment, it you look at how much money people are getting out of being members of parliament. Mm. Look at the NR, look at the NRM primaries at this moment in time where they're fighting and within themselves, physically fighting within themselves because they're trying to get to parliament because they know how much money MPs are making mm. and they know not just how much they're making, how much they're stealing mm. unchecked. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's when that's why he's able to keep the country poor, but in every election cycle, he can go village to village giving them little hands out hands, yeah. and then they get happy he uses that as a, t- a, a, a he uses poverty mm. as a tool and a lot of mps are also aware of that where they're going to ignore their, their constituency mm. for four years then a year before the election they just start giving out little 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 money mm. and for me that's the problem with that's a p- problem with party politics and for a an environment like uganda I feel like at this moment in time, that's kind of the problem with this whole idea of terms. Do you get it? Mm. For members of parliament, because a lot of the time, what they're doing is from the day they elected, Mm. right? Sorry, from the day they sworn in, their focus is on being re-elected as opposed to actually working to serve the people. You feel Mm. me? And when you have people like, we had an MP, I won't say his name, who came out recently and he was talking about how he admitted that his first term in Uganda, his first term as MP, was to eat, eat money. I think I know who you're talking. You know, about. yeah. He and used he, to be a comedian. Yeah, he used to be a comedian, <laughs> and he was like, that, that that was his first term. <laughs> Do you get it? And now he's asking the people, like, he's like, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know what? I respected his gangster. You know what? You shouldn't even say that. You should never say that. No. So a lot of people are saying that they respect the fact that he came out and no, no. admitted yeah, that. Yeah, his his word respect his gangster. He came out and he said, he told the people, mm. listen, other, all these other MPs, they're going to lie to you lot. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you lot. Yeah. We've been eating money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this first time it was that. Mm. Now 
vote me back in mm-hmm. and then we can eat together <laughs> like and in my mind i'm like at least he's not lying do you get it but at the same time just because he's not lying it doesn't mean he deserves another term in office mm. because it's but you wrong. know a lot of people would vote for some especially in the culture that we're in now they just nah. like people like honesty oh you told the truth so yeah definitely do, do, do you know what i still see people talking about how they really believe in this government and i'm like why but anyways that's just me i don't i don't i don't deal with party politics i don't i, I i'm very do you vicious. have do you have a side currently mm-hmm. do you want to go into that no 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 you I, it was just a simple question <laughs> i do and i don't okay i'm 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 I politically to... independent even here in the uk okay. I, i i don't i don't do party politics i okay. feel like party politics is a poison mm-hmm. i feel like people end up becomes people become so patriotic and so in love and so loyal to the party mm. that they overlook even the mistakes mm. that the parties may do and i remember growing up growing up you know in a labor family mm. we'd literally turn up vote whoever you won't even you won't even you, look at the name of the candidate you, you look, look at the party yeah who's rep where's labor and yeah. you tick and you walk out you don't know who they are you don't know their morals you don't know what the their manifesto is you don't know what they're going to try to do you just know the party and i feel like that's that's poison mm. to society you feel me with uganda it's it's just the same you get it i feel like people are going to be like oh i just support nrm why because for the sake of it do you get it mm. so i'm politically independent and i feel like i'll always be politically independent but of course i do vote mm. and i do have size and for me it's always down to what i feel or who i feel is, is the best outcome okay. or the best candidate mm. and in luganda we've got a saying empologoma webe kugoba oyambu komutigwa magwa how do you, how can i to translate that into english yeah, yeah. it says <laughs> if a lion's chasing you mm-hmm. you'd you'd um you'd climb a tree of thorns yeah Do you get it? Mm. On any normal day, you're not climbing no tree of thorns mm. because it's going to hurt you. It's going to yeah. it's going to cut you. Do you get it? It's mm. painful. But when you got a lion chasing you, it's it, you're choosing the lesser of two evils, right? Mm. Why do I bring that up? I feel like when you look at you get Uganda's political scene now, there's no one I 100% trust. There's no one I feel is in tight is, is I believe in in terms of you see if that was president if, if this individual is president yeah. they will transform Uganda make Uganda better mm. and I don't believe in any candidate so maybe baby but steps. exactly but mm. there are candidates I do look at certain candidates and I think you know what you're we're better off with you mm. than you or I look at individual issues and I think what's the what's 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 the biggest issue facing Uganda right now And I look at it and I think we need to get rid of this government. Mm. That that's the biggest for me that's that, that's number one. Yeah. 30 plus years in power. We're Nothing. as broke as ever. People are suffering. Nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. People are suffering, people are dying. Politics is broken. People are afraid to speak up. Freedom of speech is a myth. But have like, you seen Rwanda? Rwanda's a different story. 
random that 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 guy that guy is just a gangster. Kagame, let's not even talk about. Boy, I'm just thinking like, what? You can like, if things like that. Why don't that, we just copy and paste? Like copy and paste. It's because we we don't have leaders who care who love the country. We have leaders who love power and love mm. themselves as opposed to the country. Mm. So when I look at all of that, I lean towards the opposition. Mm. Do you get it? And the opposition being, you Bobby. know, people, Bobby Wine. Mm. Um, but even then, I'm disappointed. Not with necessarily with him, but with the rest of the opposition. I don't think I don't I don't I, I don't want to speak into existence, but mm. I don't feel like he's capable of winning oh you're having doubts not doubts i feel like the nrm is such a powerful machine that it needs an equally powerful opposition that can never happen until he's actually out of say dead for instance but that's good uganda doesn't have an opposition like a strong opposition but you know the thing is he owns the the army yeah and that's the most powerful thing in the country like if let's think about let's think about this for example let's think about a situation where the electoral commission actually announces bobby wine has won there's gonna be war do you get what i mean that that person himself would die like let's not even let's not even kid ourselves so Mm -hmm. there's that how do you overcome that how do you get over that just that one situation as well and then I feel like where I stopped supporting Versage, mm. I was disappointed in the fact that you focus so much on the presidency that you forget that Uganda is a parliamentary republic. Mm. So you overlook parliament. So now let's say, for example, you win the presidency. Yeah. Yet, eight, I think 80, around 85% of parliament is yeah. NRM. Mm. What's the point? Who's going to be listening to you? You don't control the military. That's Mm. already in the hands of the NRM. Mm. And you don't control parliament. So what's the point of being president? Do you get it? Mm. And I feel like you need an approach that's targeting parliament and the presidency. Do you get it? Mm. And I feel like that's what Bobby Wine is doing well. I just feel like other opposition leaders have let him down. They've not rallied around him. They've Mm. not joined him. Because I feel like with him at the front... Bring in Bessage's experience, bring in Mugisha Monta's mm. experience, bring in uh, Mao's experience. Come together as a collective, you could you, you could do something here. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? You could yeah. at least threaten it. But all of you are coming as individuals. Like, come on, let's be. It's not happening. I mean, let's stay away from yeah. that region because it's gonna make you cry not me i see you you're, you're passionate about people power the second i said i don't think it's gonna no no, no it's I'm gonna not passionate. win this is the thing Where's right? this the, no 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 this is the thing right so it's kind of similar to what's been happening with uh the black lives matter movement right right so mm. um i feel like we're touching okay mm-hmm. you know um so i'm supporting the movement I just don't want to hear anything negative. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, stay on, stay in lane. Yeah. Stay in lane. Don't lose focus. So mm-hmm. every time I hear anyone saying anything negative, for instance, or oh, someone got shot, or oh, there were black people, whatever, it's like, what's that got to do with the movement? Mm-hmm. Don't lose focus. So when you say you're leaning towards this party, 
end but you know they're not doing that great but you know it's, it's the better party you mm. know you know the lesser you know lesser mm. people whatever i this is how i look at things i, I am black and white here like there's a there's a and b there's a lion oh there's a tree of thorns yeah <laughs> exactly and i'm either taking a lion <laughs> i'm taking this yeah. i'm not running from yeah. nothing you're not thinking about it we'll, no. we'll, 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 this is what my this what my brother says is when, when we're having these conversations he says mm. exactly what you're saying he goes okay you're thinking too deeply about it let's first get this out of the this, way yeah we'll focus about everything Literally. else after but i'm like no no but i do understand your argument i like people mm, reminding me mm. however i just don't want there's so many people with that opinion mm. like he's the less of you know because we have not seen him in power he doesn't look like a when we think of a powerful a president, we think someone who's his body no, shape. Do, do if, even just his body shape. I'm just thinking how a woman would think voting for a president. Let me tell you the truth. Sometimes women vote on how good looking someone is. People or how have they carry themselves. Yeah, people have different reasons. So just him coming out of his family, how beautiful I vote him. His wife is beautiful. Literally, people have weird reasons. So, I'm not gonna lie to you. The one thing that I hate about our president is his dress sense. <laughs> His fashion sense is terrible. See, some like sometimes, like I, I, I see him in international conferences sometimes, and I'm like, are you shirt. really representing He's us? Like, get an iron. Let's start there. Just an iron. Like, what about his tourist hat? Oh man, tourist hat. Oh. oh no, have you seen his head? No, no he needs is it a like hat. Streamlined. Yeah, he okay, needs a hat. Oh, he needs a hat. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 he needs a hat. Trust me. <laughs> No, I hear you. Oh man. Oh, he's he's been gymming. In his shoes. He's, yeah, I saw his him trousers. doing um, push-ups and. Man, he wears blazers that are like three times his. Oh man. Ah. Oh. That is someone who is stuck in their old ways. Literally. That's someone who. Listen. He's where on the highway. He doesn't deserve to be president of Uganda just based off of his fashion sense. <laughs> Just based off of if there was if I was lost for any reason as to why I shouldn't vote for him, that would make that would convince me. But I don't me. think they put their pictures like their full body pictures. Oh on there, man, it's on the terrible. If I was him, I would fire whoever's head of his wardrobe, bro. I don't think he does. I think he dresses himself. I don't think his wife cares that much about him because you cannot you cannot truly care about your man and see him dress like that and let it be. Do you know what that's called? She's tired. She, I think they don't even sleep in the same bed anymore. You think, listen, I'm, even me, I get told what to wear. <laughs> it happens when you have a girl, that's going to happen. Like, I get but if told she stops, what to if wear. if she ever stops telling you what to wear or she lets you out and someone asks you, like, what are you wearing? Mm. Trust me, she's upset with you. It's just simple as... Why do women like to control every aspect of a man's life? <laughs> like every, oh, every... I was like, whoa, 180. Um, like every aspect. Every, like, no. Listen, it's, you want to control my finance, you want to control my clothes, my, my, my fashion sense, mm-hmm. you want to you, you wanna decide what car I'm driving, mm-hmm. you want to know what I'm having for do, breakfast. Do you know what? You, you, you wanna, listen, you wanna, you're confused. We want the better things yeah, for know. you okay? i know i'm never gonna lie to when you when it comes control your finance it could be that you you know you spend a lot of money on stupid things your fashion maybe you tw- just what 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 what, what 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 
What makes you think it's stupid? So, for instance, if I was going on a date, oh, say, do you live with your partner? Mm-hmm. So you live with your partner. Mm-mm. Okay. So say you know you have. You well, can, yeah, well, a lot of times. Yeah. Pretty much, you're like always together. So most of the time, you can go. She can cook for you. She's happy to cook for you, whatever. Or and then you've expressed in conversation because guys tend to forget. In conversation, mm-hmm. you've expressed how you want to buy something, but you need you need to save up for it, whatever. And then next minute you buy something crazy or you book a table somewhere crazy. In my head, I'm thinking, where'd you get that money from? To you, you're doing something cute. And I understand it's cute. But right now we need to get to that thing that you think is going to build you. So sometimes this is how we think. I'm trying to get tickets to go watch Man United play. You're telling me other things. No, No, but you know what? I'm, I'm a blessed man because financially sane mm. like it's cute and i think what you said is true the day that stops mm. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be worried i'm, I'm gonna be you very just need very to go worried and ask her what did i do like yeah i did something because this has but changed. that's what i think i think my experience is what tells me mm. his wife don't care about him she she gave up Listen, have that you seen his do- shoes <laughs> Listen, I don't even get that far to look at the bottom. Mm. I think I stop here. Like I literally stop here. I don't know if you. She doesn't care about the, the ties are all, all like man. <laughs> listen, we it's na- like listen. A j- I, it, it, <laughs> if you want to know the first reason why he shouldn't, why he he doesn't get no, my but vote, people should just go tell them so they can Google this person. Listen, <laughs> the president of Uganda just Google his fashion sense. God, it's images. No, I swear he's the worst dressed man in politics. I, I, I would say in in, no, in world in, in politics, the whole world, yeah. he is the worst dressed man in world politics. I think is is the um, definition of I don't give a fuck. He, he did. We could swear. <laughs> I mean, every now and then, but honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he literally he doesn't care. No, like, for me, what frustrates me is the people around him. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Do you not have people who care about your image? Do you not have handlers as the president of an entire country? Would you be surprised if you found out those handlers and he said he doesn't need them? Would would you be surprised? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think anyone can tell that man what to do. There you go. Nothing. Yeah, I think he's so locked into king mode. You can't tell him what to I don't do. even know if you heard what he was talking about. Anyway, about the kingdom and all that stuff. I, no, I don't know. I, I heard some... I was just thinking, this is crazy. I'm switching off. I'm going to bed. But yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's crazy. So, I mean, since we're speaking about politics, what are your thoughts on the politics and how it affects us in London or in the UK? It is a very vague question, but... It's going to sound messed up here. Mm. I gave up on British politics um, after the last elections. Why is that? Because I feel like... I don't... I hate feeling hopeless as an individual. That's mm. the one thing I hate more than anything. Mm. And one thing that 
I've seen since the Brexit vote is the fact that my voice is being diminished more and more by the day. What I mean by that is the country is moving further and further to the right mm. um, without a shadow of a doubt. And I don't see a scenario where we get a government anytime soon in this country that represents my views. So guys, that concludes part one with Hakeem. Tune in next time as the conversation continues. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think via Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Search for TGO Podcast. That's good oral.